We on? Podcast. We are live. We are live. To tape. <laughs> live to tape. What's going on, Matt? How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, Matt. How are you? I'm chilling. Matt Butterfield is now, as well as being the co-host of the Matt on Matt podcast. Yep. Guess what, guys? The house band. Yeah, baby. Yeah. And name. Uh, we are the Butterfield Eight. I love it. <laughs> it's a There's very one. <laughs> Do you know what that reference is? It sounds so goddamn familiar. It's, it's like an Oscar win. It's like one of the first movies that like won an Oscar ever. Oh yeah, you're yeah. right. And like, I and at, and back in the day, whenever I played little league hockey. My number was eight just because I liked the number eight because of Troy Aikman. And, well, I also, hell yeah. and it's also just like my favorite number because if you turn it sideways, it's infinity. And I was like a little weird, spacey little kid who thought of things like that. <laughs> and so my grandfather saw it and he looked at me and he was like, Butterfield eight. And I was like, yeah, he's like, that's the movie with so and I don't even remember who's in it. I watched Butterfield it eight kid. in 1960 starring Elizabeth Taylor. There you go. There you go. Baby, baby. Yeah, it's a pretty. Uh, so that's, that's when Elizabeth Taylor won her first Academy Award for that film. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yes. Hell yes. Repping the Butterfields. <laughs> it was apparently it was a phone number back in the day. Oh, really? Like people would be like, what's your phone number? And you'd be like, Butterfield 812. Butterfield 8. So and so, you know. Some such, but telephones were weird back in the day because you had to call an operator. What the fuck am I talking about right now? Um, I know we got off. So we last started night, last weird. night, welcome to the Matt on Matt podcast. I'm Matt <laughs> Butterfield, my co-host, uh, uh, Matt Beery, and uh, we were with the Butterfield Eight House Band. Uh, last night, I went to go see Dark Side of Oz at the Texas Theater in Oak Cliff, da- uh, Dallas, Texas. It was awesome. This is the same theater where, um, uh, what's his name? Lee Harvey Oswald shot that police officer after he killed the president. And now it is where hipsters drink $6 Tito's and sodas and uh, watch stoner versions of The Wizard of Oz. That movie theater is also two blocks away from where my mother-in-law grew up, which is directly across the street from where Stevie Ray Vaughan grew up. Wow, Oak Cliff, that's yeah. my hood. Put it in your face, get that shit understood. O-K-A-C-L-I-F-F, put it in the base. No, I'm never on the triple cliff. What up? Okay. <laughs> that's a right. song from back that, in the day. Uh, Dallas people know what I'm talking about. Now I'm, now I'm pissed off. <laughs> and that, so anyway, the, the movie last night was really awesome. Uh, and that I love that. Hold theater. on, let me let me stop yeah. you for a second because I got a text message from you last night in regards <laughs> to to you going to this thing. All right, all just, right, all right. <laughs> this text message absolutely floored me. Okay, <laughs> don't read it or do read it. Whatever. <laughs> oh, I think you put it in Cocksuckers Anonymous. Yes, I did. <laughs> which is a uh, which is Cocksuckers a Anonymous is a group <laughs> chat with he who shall not be named. Yeah, we uh, we also we, call call him Kyle because yes, he doesn't uh, want his real name out there. Because he's hiding from something. I don't know what. I, don't I think what. it's mostly himself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's a, it's our support group. 
it is supposed to be anonymous, but you know, we just kind of outed Kyle there. Um, yeah. So what is it you did? You said you, you ate an edible. It's not, it's not important. <laughs> you ate an edible, smoked a joint and I did, did not a drive. Dab. I did not drive. I did not drive there. <laughs> did not drive there. Ate an edible, smoked a joint. Anyway, did a dab. And then you said, you said that the guy at the movie theater took one look at you and started laughing his ass off. <laughs> Whatever. Dude, <laughs> that awesome. is high. It was awesome. Dude, uh, if I ever got that high, I'd be convinced the government was on the front lawn coming to get my fat don't ass. don't have a front lawn. You're I, lying. That is why it would be extra crazy. <laughs> what don't you get about this? Anyway, it was really cool. I really enjoyed that that version of The Wizard of Oz. It really makes The Wizard of Oz watchable, in my opinion. I mean, there, there, it was just it was just a new hipster thing. We hate The Wizard of Oz. I mean, look, The Wizard of Oz is like the music is garbage. I mean, I haven't watched it in like twenty years. So. I don't know. We I, we had to listen to if I only had a heart. Um, after the first, because they played the record twice, they played Dark Side of the Moon twice, and right. in between the two things, we had to listen to If I Only Had a Heart, and I was literally looking at my buddy, just think, say, thinking like, yo, if they make us just watch the second half of Wizard of Oz and not play Pink Floyd, I'm fucking out of here. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, <laughs> after you hear Dark Side of the Moon, which is just this crazy, like, I mean, every, everybody knows what Dark Side of the Moon is. It's an amazing album. Like it's and you're hearing it on this big Dolby stereo system, and um, name drop, uh, I guess product and, placement sponsor and, us Dolby and the uh, oh right we need sponsors sponsor us Dark Side of the Moon <laughs> <laughs> yeah Pink Floyd Roger Waters well <laughs> I, I guess I can be radically pro Palestinian for a few bucks um uh, <laughs> anyway I don't. Know. I don't know about all that. What did I just say? <laughs> what was, what was, <laughs> you distracted me. You made me feel uncomfortable by calling me out and reading our text messages on the air. Um, uh, it, the, but it's a really amazing movie, just visually. And like, like the this the the matchup with the w- w- tornado scene and the the track that's before money was just. I mean, it's really like poetic. I mean, it it was very moving at times and then really hilarious at other times. Like, <laughs> like right when money plays for the first time is right as like the house crashes into Oz, um, the track transitions and there's silence for a bit. And she opens the door and you hear all the money ch- changing all the, ch- 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 and then the, like as she's like, peeking out into this new colorful world and all these like munchkins are like secretly stalking her and following her. And it's, it's really like everybody just started cracking up. Like it was, it was really cool. It was also a very populated event. Like 200 people showed up to this place. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it was, damn well, near I mean, out. this is we the thing really that, that, well, this whole comparison between the album and the movie has been going on for years and years. I mean, yeah, it's something. So it just forever. recently reached Texas. <laughs> Shut up. 
no, that's not true. My aunt and uncle would watch this every year on New Year's and do the same thing on New Year's every year in the 80s. So you can go fuck yourself, New York. Um, uh, it's something stoners have done for ages and will all and will continue to do for ages. It's super fun. And it's really I mean, it's really like, I don't know. I thought it was very artistic. I think it's very I mean, it's cheesy and it's kind of a punchline. And there's all these like, you know, you can see the 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 no, I almost said the M word. Um, you can see the the Munchkin, not the M word. <laughs> in, in, Dude, you scared the that. shit out of me for a hot second. <laughs> I was about to say we're gonna re, we're gonna restart recording. <laughs> we're gonna throw this bitch in the trash. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, you can see the Munchkin hanging. You cannot see the Munchkin hanging. Nah, that's not. That's all shit. lies. Like all that's. Bullshit. Uh, um, now, granted, it, the Hollywood machine was a giant piece of shit to performers back then. Oh, dude! I mean, this is. It's this like is, this movie is why the Screen Actors Guild was created. Exactly. Exactly. Like Judy Garland was. Like, Popped up on all kinds of amphetamines to get. She was like done. the the messed up Jesus Christ like sacrificial lamb for Hollywood in the SAG act, the screen actors guild. Like, like she was, she, her life, her ruined life is why there is a union now for the, Mm -hmm. for, for people on film, which there should be because film is such a huge industry. People should be like compensated and blah, blah, blah. Unions are good. Uh, when people want to complain about actors making so much money, to that I say, stop paying to see their fucking movies. Yeah, I mean, it's just like the movie, if a movie is making a billion dollars, a small chunk of it should be $20 million. You know what I mean? Get real. Right? Like, like that should <laughs> definitely go to the name above the title that sold the fucking picture. Right, that that got the that got the billion dollars there. Like, that's a right? very small amount of, of it. Anyway, um... Anyway, we had this. Uh, speaking of movies, in- oh, we want to go straight. Okay. Oh, uh, what were you gonna say? What were you gonna say? Oh, I was gonna throw in a couple of Twitter things in the Twitter sphere. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's do some headlines. Headlines. Um, uh, OJ Simpson is really, <laughs> really pissed off uh, right now on Twitter. Oh whoa! You just popped up in the corner of my. Now there's two of you on my screen. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, there's two OJ of you Simpson. on my screen as well. <laughs> O.J. Simpson just, um, what in the world? My computer has developed a mind of its own. <laughs> so what happened with this is, for anybody who doesn't know, Andrew Luck, number uh-huh. one overall draft pick a few years ago for the Indianapolis Colts, had a lot of injuries. He has decided that he, two weeks before the season starts, is going to retire from the NFL. Well, an hour and a half before he announced his retirement, a certain double murderer, OJ Simpson. <laughs> He's acquitted. He's, acquitted. He's an innocent man in that regard. He has only been convicted of kidnapping with an assault with a deadly weapon. <laughs> and he's also Welcome been had on that podcast where Matt also been defense OJ Simpson. Oh yeah, man. I'm taking, I'm <laughs> taking all the hot takes. Um, so, an hour and a half before Andrew Luck retired, O.J. Simpson took him in his fantasy draft, and then he made a video on Twitter. I will play right now. Oh, wait. Here we go. All right, they're in some bar, a private room. Camera pans to O.J. Andrew Luck, 
I mean, what did I do, Vic? I've been a fan of yours. Why would you do this to me? Come out of retirement. I'm just saying. All right, here's the deal. Andrew Luck, you better protect that neck, brother. Bro, I guess the, uh, Twitter is, the comment section on Twitter is hilarious. Here's the deal. He sounds like he's joking at the end of this video, but throughout the whole video, he is he looks pissed. Yeah. Like he looks his, so he, furious. His whole like his whole body is moving. His head is shaking no the whole time. He it, like he he's got wine, so he's been drinking. He's been drinking wine, which I think is super creepy. It's like Hannibal Lecter shit. Um <laughs> He's got. <laughs> well, you know, he's, he's a man of taste and sophistication. All yeah, right? but who goes to? A he's football? been a millionaire for forty years. But come on, you go to a football draft and you drink beer like a man. What the fuck are you doing with a? Ooh, mas- toxic masculinity coming out. Anyway, uh, <laughs> toxicity can be good. Alcohol is fun. Medicine is good. Chemotherapy works. So do vaccines. Take. Have a little toxicity in your Dude, life. It's better for last you. night at the bar at the restaurant. We got called toxic males for liking football. So who? Me and Nick Ortiz. Uh, who who called you this? Some chick at the bar. Some chick. She's like, we were like, oh yeah, because the game was kicking off, Florida Miami. I was super pumped for it. It's a big yeah. game, and, yeah. we're, and me and Nick were like, all oh, right, yeah, you know, cool. Football started. And yeah. The girl was like toxic males, and we were like. What's toxic about football? They're like, you can get the fuck out. What's toxic about liking sports? It's not what she liked, so it made us toxic. That's stupid. It's very dumb. Anyway, that's why I brought anyway, it up. Anyway, um, so go check out. I mean, look, a lot of people, a lot of people that I like on Twitter say that you shouldn't watch OJ's Twitter videos. I disagree with that because, I mean... It's hilarious. It's so funny. And it's like terror. I mean, he acts the Colts with if OJ Simpson acts you like, how do you sleep ever again? Got to wear a metal neck brace for the rest <laughs> of your life. You have to you have to hire ADT simply say <laughs> you've got to get like <laughs> black water. You got to have the like, secret service. Yeah, you need to call the FBI. You're like, look. I know you're going to think this is stupid, but the president regularly threatens nuclear war on Twitter. And I want you to know that I am taking this threat seriously as well. Uh, OJ Simpson just added me, added my entire team. <laughs> Call the police. All, can I please just get a detail on my block sur- surrounded 24 seven for the next three months? <laughs> Somebody call the cops. OJ's Here's what I don't coming. understand. It, can't you always just like, I mean, I guess you can't like trade somebody else for a retired player, but can't you like probably sell or get like get another like draft I, somebody else? I've or? played fantasy. I did fantasy football three I've times. I've never done it. I've never done it. I found it boring, and I found it to detract away from my true fandom of football. Yeah, this is, I'm very philosophical when it comes to the game of football. Well, I but. Think- I've heard Bill Burr talk about this on his podcast where he said he doesn't like fantasy because um, what does he say? He says it's because it creates it takes away from like team, like a team. Absolutely. Like, like Absolutely. People, people support players. They don't support teams. Well, and here's like the they, thing about it. If say, for example, you draft Ezekiel Elliott. OK, right. 
Ezekiel Elliott has a game where he rushes for 50 yards and has a two yard touchdown run, but whatever, however the game unfolded, the Cowboys still win. Uh, that's a team win. The team came together to win the game. Right. But the rest of the world is not looking at it as the Cowboys won. They're looking at it as Zeke didn't have a good game, which is stupid. Ruins football. I'm not, I don't like it. I found myself rooting for people that I hate. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate Aaron Rodgers. I yeah, hate, I hate Aaron Rodgers, and I got stuck with him in fantasy football one year. Uh, I mean, he's a good quarterback, but I hate him. Mm, oh God, I want that. Come on, there you know he's a good quarterback. People in this world that I wish ill will upon. Fun fact: I think I've brought this up before. Andrew, he says one. he says that he was visited by aliens in New Jersey with his friends. Oh yeah. We talked about that. Okay, yeah. I, I, oh, I bring it up every time he's mentioned just because people should know. <laughs> it's, so it's so weird. It's so weird. hate him and his dumb old man single fabric chin strap. His dumpy body <laughs> looking like, a, looking like a bag of ass. Did you see that picture of him in that Canadian tuxedo with oh, the yeah. cowboy hat? Mustache and the bolo tie. Oh yeah, God, it was just like you're looking such like, a douchebag. Looking like Uncle Rico. <laughs> I'm gonna throw this football over them mountains. <laughs> you know what, Napoleon? You can <laughs> leave. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so go Good. check out OJ Simpson on Twitter. Wasn't something about your asshole like trending on Twitter? Also, <laughs> oh yeah, here it is. So top <laughs> the number one worldwide hashtag trending on Twitter right now. <laughs> Hashtag weird things to put up your ass. We got. First thing is. Andy Rickner says this was tweeted into a thread about weird things to put up your ass. And then it's a link to some petition about security. What? That's weird. Okay, it says a closed umbrella, then open it. (laughs) Uh, Somebody. Somebody says a Hot Wheels car, and then it's a picture of Ryan Dunn. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Do you remember that? Yes. Jesus. Of course I do. Do you remember the fucking the the doctor that did the X-ray was yes. like, "Don't tell anybody about this." Don't tell anybody. These people about already know. That's too many people. <laughs> I don't know. They were, they were having Richard, sex with the toy cars or something. Here's a nice Richard Gear reference: a gerbil. Don't put a gerbil up your. Is that true? I don't know if it's true or not, but it's a good rumor, so that makes it true in my book. Facts are just these. Get the facts out of the way. We don't need facts. Come on, Matt. What do you think this is? Good Lord. Uh, Here's a picture of of a Buzz Lightyear of somebody, an x ray of a Buzz Lightyear. Oh, I see that one. That's weird. How do you do that? I don't know. That seems like it would be so fucking painful. That's a awful. whole Buzz Lightyear up your butt. I hate these x-rays, dude. What the hell? A cell phone set on vibrate? Oh, my God. <laughs> There's a Donald Trump butt plug. What are we talking about? This is I don't know. All I know, All right. I got the coup de gras, the final one. And if anybody's a fan of that 70s show... It's red, red foreman's foot. Yes, I see that. <laughs> All right. Oh, that's Exper- awesome. Experiments and segments. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, that was segments. Anyway. Yeah, thank you for the Butterfield 8. <laughs> so on to uh, we, our teaser from last week. Um, we wanted to talk about uh, probably our favorite movie of the summer. Absolutely. Uh, uh, the biggest, one of the biggest blockbusters it didn't quite beat the Lion King or Avengers Endgame, but it's probably around fourth or fifth place. Uh, it's Quentin Tarantino's ninth movie and a love letter to Hollywood set in the sixties. Once a time, once upon a time in Hollywood. Once a time upon in Hollywood. What did I say? Did once I just a have a stroke? You did. Oh my God! Once <laughs> upon a time in Hollywood. Once, once upon a time in Hollywood. All right. So, first of all, you love this movie. I love this movie. You love this movie. I love this movie as well. I've seen it Uh, twice in theaters. I have as well. I did have two very different experiences while watching it, though. And you described that to me. Whereas, obviously, it's different because you know what's coming. Yes. But... I and, still like. And by the way, they, by the way, fuck spoilers. We're doing spoilers. If you haven't seen it, skip ahead ten minutes. Or this is what we're talking about. Yeah, come on. If you, yeah, eat a dick. Yeah. Um, this is going to be called Once Upon a Time in Matt in Maddie Wood. So like, is it? it yes. Uh, I'm okay. making the call. Um, <laughs> but like, even the second time, like when the fucking when the hippies are walking up. To, Walking up the street to the on Cielo Drive to the house, yeah, and Vanilla Fudge is playing in the background, and I'm just like, oh, I'm like, energy's shooting out the top really? of my fucking head. Yes, absolutely. See, it's, I it's the use of it's the use of music that Tarantino is the master. Yeah, of. it did. I wasn't scared the second time that I saw it. No, I wasn't first, scared, but my first energy time I high. saw it, the. F- yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I still, I don't know. Okay. So my experience, the first time I saw it was I really didn't know what he was going to do because oh, yeah. he is, he's Quentin Tarantino. And you, I mean, that just goes without saying, I mean, kill bill volumes one and two, uh, like Django unchained. These are movies with just like cartoonish violence. Like, <laughs> Like, like, just absurd. Like, cut. Like, what happened to Sharon Stone is just Sharon wait, Tate. Sharon Tate. Sharon Stone. I'm an idiot. Um, uh, what happened to Sharon Tate is probably one of the most horrific things in like the history of modern America. Yeah. Like with her child. Off. Like with her child being cut out of her and like. Yeah, I don't want to go mean, into it. Yeah, it's I don't really, really get into the grizzly, but like, that's not. Far, that's not out of the question for Quentin seeing that. And that's when we were going into the movie theater, I told Andrea cause you know, Andrea can handle some gore, but yeah, you know, but like that, that, that's just insane. I told and her, I said, you need to be prepared cause this might get really, really, really bad, bad in a like, very disturbing really way. And then obviously people, if you've seen it, you know that, what ends up happening is that the mur- those murders don't end up happening. Yeah. And it's, and it's amazing because 
uh, Brad I mean, Pitt wrecks fucking shop. Right. And then did. Leo burns one of them to death with a flamethrower. <laughs> right, right, right. Like one of them gets eaten alive by a dog. The other one gets their face bashed in until they die. And the other one gets set on fire by Leonardo DiCaprio with a flamethrower. After after running through a sheet of glass and getting pelted in the face with like a, a can of dog food. Yeah, with a can of dog food. Like <laughs> it's it's just like such why I mean it's still wildly violent and wildly like like I mean the 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 beating that Brad Pitt throws down on these hippies because what here's here's why it doesn't happen y'all is because they pull up to the house. And and um, uh, Leo is pissed off that they're making so much noise, and he yells. Leo at them. also is pissed drunk. Right, like they like they are pissed drunk, and then you know they the hippies change their target to these guys because they're mad essentially that they just got yelled at. And um, one of the best moments of the entire movie is when Leo hears that loud ass car on the street and he goes to the window and he looks out and he goes, oh, here's a bunch of goddamn hippies (laughs) property tax out the butt. And he goes out the front door. He's in his underwear in a bathrobe with a with and he's still holding like a picture of margarita. (laughs) It's classic. It's all classic. even looks like Quentin Tarantino, like in that scene, like with his like crappy hair and like pot belly and like, <laughs> it's awesome. Um, and, and so they changed their target and they decide to go kill Leo and Brad and everybody in that house instead of Sharon Tate um, and uh, Rome and the other guy and all the people that were in the house uh, that they were originally supposed to take out. And I love that because to me, I don't know. It just it, to me it shows a much, even though it's still brutal and still like heavily violent, it shows a much softer and less cynical side to Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. and and it kind of, I think that this is a deeply, even if it's accidental, I think it's a very autobiographical film. Oh, it's not accidental at all. He specifically did a lot of interviews with him about this. He specifically, and there's a couple of shots that are just fantastic. So um, that are directly autobiographical. So this is the era of Hollywood, era of Los Angeles that he grew up in. Right. He grew up in L.A. He's a kid in L.A. Right. So he's he's like nine years old at this point. Brad Pitt's when you're first making memories. Exactly. Brad Pitt's character had that uh, that blue old that old blue piece of crap car, whatever it was. Yeah, but it was still an awesome car. Oh yeah. Well, Quentin Tarantino's stepfather had the same car, and they sure. lived out in Panorama City. Sure. So when Brad Pitt's character, when Cliff Booth is driving home to his trailer park in Panorama City, yeah. And there's the shot from low in the dr- passenger seat looking up at Brad Pitt with all those neon signs. Yeah. That Quentin directed that, made that shot because that was what he saw as a child. Yeah. Like That's that is beyond. That's and so then cool. also the scene where Sharon Tate goes to the Bruin Theater in Westwood Village and yeah. tells them I'm in the movie to get yes. into the movie. Tarantino did that 
with true. <laughs> he took a date yes, to, the this story. to see yes. true romance, yeah. and he told the manager, "I wrote the movie. Can yeah. I get it free?" <laughs> <laughs> it's, can, and can you imagine, like, you're on a date with young, awful, nerdy Quentin Tarantino, and he's like trying to skimp out and not pay for a movie ticket. <laughs> He's so broke and cheap. Oh, my God. (laughs) But I'm even talking just about because I've heard interviews with him uh, while he's been promoting this. And he's said, I mean, this is going to be his last movie for a long time because he uh, at least his last movie that he writes and directs in his Quentin Tarantino way. I think that he's going to start producing a lot more. Uh, I know for a fact that he's producing a new Star Wars. uh, No, new Star Trek. Yeah. Um, a movie with J.J. Abrams, which is just like insane to me. It's like the two. It's like with it's like King Kong riding Godzilla's back into like a war, a war against celestial titans. Like it's just like hell. Yes, the two best, my two favorite directors making like a crazy movie together with all this other. I don't know. It's going to be like an art. Anyway, I'm getting no, off track. No, J.J. Abrams is great. I'm with you. No, I'm getting I think, off track. I think that sounds. I'm with you. My, my point being that, like, he's moving on to a new stage in his life, just like Rick Dalton has mo- is moving on. Because at the beginning of the movie, Rick Dalton is, uh, talks about, he's like, I live next door to Roman Polanski. I'm one pool party away from... Uh, in the lead in the new Polanski film. Right. And then... Um, and that's exact. I mean, he has uh, some something like a pool party at mm-hmm. the end of the movie. <laughs> oh yeah, burns that burns that woman alive in the pool in the pool, and then and then like gets to meet his neighbors a- after that because it's a big scene with the cops and you know it's people are out and just kind of like he's they're just kind of like what the hell just happened to you and he's like I just <laughs> he goes he's a bunch of goddamn hippies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I think that, that that sequence was him kind of, you know, reckoning with the fact that he's moving on to probably the best part of his life, mm-hmm. you know, because he's Being just old married. Rich. He's married. He's going to have a kid like he, he's rich as hell and he's just going to be kind of back further behind the scenes, quietly producing movies and making a shitload of money. He's probably going to win a bunch of awards as a producer. I'd imagine as well. Oh yeah. Um, so I, 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 and then on top of the fact that this, that the themes of like friendship and dedication and moving on more than friendship and brotherhood. Like. Yeah. Well, that brotherhood that exists between people that, I mean, like, like with like friends that like, I don't know. Like, let's just call it what it is. It's like you and me. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, remember... we've been up and down every <laughs> single fucking road together, doing plays, doing short films, doing right. podcasts. Right. I mean, right? It's like it's a like, partnership. We've We're not like, just friends anymore. Well, yeah, and, and and I remember just like seeing a lot of my a lot of our friendship in it. Whenever they're like, they knew that they were going to have to move on from each other. Yeah. And so what do they do? They go out and get hammered. The line is the line lives with you ever. It's like (laughs) when you've reached the end of the road with a buddy who's more than a brother, but a little less than a wife. The only way to say goodbye is a good drunk. Which we did. 
Like, and and I'm, it, I, God and damn. It, like, I think that, like, I mean, that's a human tradition that goes back since before we were even homo sapiens, I think, because, uh, you know, booze elevates your spirit in a way, in a lot of ways and brings out a lot of like true things. And it also kind of, I don't know. It's a very ritualistic kind of, and an emotional I mean, the thing that I think is kind of laughed off and not taken seriously, but it's something, it's a way that men bond and it's a way that, um, uh, and it's, and it's a chance for guys to really show affection for each other. And I think that like, my my hot take is that this is about his relationship with Harvey Weinstein. Because, that is a hot take. Because and, and if it is, that, that's a subconscious thing, right? I don't think that he knows that necessarily, but I just see the parallel in that. Like, look, Cliff Booth had, which is Brad Pitt's character, who's awesome in this in this movie. It's like, the best work of Brad Pitt's career. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, he always does really well in everything he does. He oh, always yeah. I'm not shitting on him, but this is like in another level. Well, he always tops himself, in my opinion. That's every time I, like, every time I see very, him, I'm like, very. hell yes. Um, uh, so, like, whatever he does next is probably going to be even better. But, um, but like that, but he's like a real problematic, like, Character. presence and yeah. character. I mean, you don't see it, but you pretty much get the message that. He just didn't like his wife, so he fucking murdered her. Well, to be fair, she sucked. Well, that doesn't matter. Get divorced. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Like, like, get divorced. Don't, like, shoot her with a harpoon and throw her into the ocean, which is what he did. And, and, like, he also would go on the movie sets and, like, beat the shit out of the stars of, like, the the film like he'd like the fight with Bruce Lee. Like Bruce Lee is the is the lead of the of the of the of the show that they're doing. They're doing Green Hornet and uh and Bruce Lee is the star and and uh Rick Dalton begs the director to get Cliff on set and Cliff immediately just beats the shit out of the lead the star of the show and destroys the stunt coordinator's car. Immediately, like that's a shitty thing to do. Yeah. Like your buddy goes out on his go, goes way out of his way and puts his neck way out on the line uh, for you, and then you immediately shit uh, shit on and and make the bad decision. Yeah. And the way that that's structured, the way that story is told in the film, yeah. I think is phenomenal. So Cliff Booth um, drops uh, Rick Dalton off at set. And yeah. Rick's like, hey, man, Randy's doing the stunt coordination on this one. So they're not going to they're not going to want you on set. Yeah. And Cliff's like, OK, so Cliff goes back to Randy's uh, to Rick's house uh-huh. to uh, fix his TV antenna on his roof. Yeah. And he's up there and Cliff has a has a mental flashback, has a memory to the story that you just told of right. why he's not going to be hired by Randy, the stunt coordinator anymore. Right. And then it, after the story, after he beats up Bruce Lee and destroys the car, it cuts back to Brad Pitt standing on the roof, and he yeah. just kind of shrugs, shrugs as if to say, "Yeah, it makes sense." Yeah, well, he even says, <laughs> "Fair enough." Yeah, fair <laughs> enough, exactly. <laughs> which, it, which, like, it's funny in this movie, but in real life, like, like uh, Harvey Weinstein was—I mean, we we all know he was he. He was a monster. We can it's say a, what it was. He's a complicated legacy, right? I mean, yeah. he like 
he and Quentin Tarantino changed Hollywood forever in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Like, and and it was definitely like the two of them. And we've gotten a ton of really like amazing pieces of art out of uh, Harvey Weinstein and yeah. Quentin Tarantino individually and working together. But you can't keep a guy like that around. No, you can't. Like you can't, like no matter all the great, cause you can say, I mean, it's, I'm talking great as in like capital G great, like Genghis Khan great. Like, like you can have a man that does great things and, um, and is really essential to your early development. But if he's just going in there and wrecking shop and ruining people's lives and, and, and being an awful person, you've got to cut time. You got to get, yeah, you got to, which is exactly base. I mean, that's basically what happens to Cliff Booth in this movie. Yeah. Like he's like, like, uh, uh, Rick Dalton keeps him around for absolutely as long as he can. But the moment that they decide to go back to Hollywood, Rick, I mean, Rick's wife, his new wife is just like, you can't like, we're not keeping this guy around. Like, yeah. it's like, like fuck this guy. Like he's caught, co- he costs so much money to have her around and he wrecks shop. I mean, he was basically just carrying their luggage and driving them around. And it's like, you can do that yourself, especially whenever you've got two people in your family and, and, you know, so it's just complicated. It's a really complicated, um, portrait of friendship. And I think it comes from a really, from a very deep place, uh, inside of Quentin Tarantino. And I really love it for that reason. But I will say that once you see it the first time, for me, at least once I saw it for the first time, a lot of my, my, my viewing experience was entirely different and a lot less anxious and a lot less on the, I wasn't on the edge of my seat. It felt longer. Like, cause really? it's a really, it's a long movie. Really? And the second time I saw it, it felt longer. Okay. Yeah. So I had a different experience. Yeah. The second I, like, time I saw it, it felt shorter and it no, felt not at all for me. Okay. It felt shorter for me and it felt like it flowed better the second time for me. Huh. Okay. Um, and yeah, obviously the anxiety's not there. Yeah. Because you know what's going to happen in the end. But the excitement was still there for me because I feel like Tarantino has built the, the build in the third act to that final scene from them getting back from Italy to the parallel dinners at, uh-huh. two, at two separate Mexican restaurants yeah. to the hippies on Cielo Drive, the confrontation with Rick Dalton, the uh, Cliff Booth smoking the acid covered cigarette and walking yes. the dog. <laughs> to the hippies having the conversation about killing the people who taught us how to kill on television and changing their plan to them walking up the street with vanilla fudge playing in the background. And then like, yeah. and the way it's shot when they're coming up to the front door where the camera's down low and they're like hunched over coming up to the door and they look like true fucking bad guys. Yeah. With that epic music, yes. free, why don't God, that you music incredible. The soundtrack to this movie is amazing, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, just, oh, God just damn, dude. download it as soon as you can. I just I drive, still, I, I drive still, Uber. My heart was still beating out of my fucking chest. Yeah, okay. the way it's constructed is a roller coaster ride, and that is very much. 
You know that feeling when you're on a roller coaster, a really tall one, and you're going up and the chain keeps clinking and clinking and clinking. And as you get closer and closer yeah. to the top, the chain drive gets louder and louder and louder and louder. Yeah. That's, and, and that's the way this is structured for sure. And then there's a moment of like peace at the top. And that that moment of peace is definitely the are you real? And yeah. he's up the <laughs> I'm as real going. as a donut. <laughs> I'm as real as a donut, motherfucker. <laughs> and then Cliff Booth six the pit bull on the dude's nuts. And then, boom, you're into that first drop. Yes. You're off the arc and you're into that God, first drop. it's so good. And you're going through loops. You're doing corkscrews while <laughs> this chick's getting a fucking a can of dog food straight into her face. And then the other chick's getting her face slammed into the fucking brick mantelpiece. Just <laughs> like, just incredible. Like, Oh my God. <laughs> oh. And then Leo's reaction when that chick bursts through the glass door. Yes. It was amazing. <laughs> he's just totally oblivious. Yeah. To all of this. Just, like he's, he's just, just floating in a swimming pool, listening to a, like a tape on his head. Yeah, just like jam- rocking the fuck out, drinking margaritas. <laughs> it's like, hell yeah. Been there, man. That's awesome. <laughs> oh man. I want to go do that right now. Go to a swimming pool. Oh my oh. God. That sounds so good. Um, also, so, yeah, yeah, we forgot to mention that Brad Pitt's character, Cliff Booth during this final scene yeah. stoned out of his mind on acid Trippin balls, Trippin like balls. I can't even so imagine these three, these three hippies come into the living room and he's just looking at him and he goes, are you guys real? <laughs> I'm as real as a donut motherfucker. I'm the devil and I'm here to do the devil's work. I love that they worked that line in. That's yes. actually something he said. Yeah, that's Which, something that Tex Watson said when he came into Sharon Tate's house. You know what that you know what that guy did, right? Other than all the murders and stuff, like whenever he lost his mind, you know how he did it? No. He he so that guy was like wildly schizophrenic and like uh very mentally ill and he was this former football player out of Texas, like high school football player out of Texas and um but he hooked up with the Manson family and then one day got a root of uh, belladonna mm-hmm. and boiled it like, and then bit into it like a fucking baked potato, baked potato. And the thing about root of belladonna is that it's a poisonous root made uh, that where you can uh, basically, I mean, it's basically like eating three pounds of peyote was the, was what he did. He ate the fact that he ate an entire root, like he, completely lost his mind the rest of his life because of that. Yeah. He disappeared for three days and then was found like in the Santa Monica pier uh, walking around on all fours going beep, 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 by the family. <laughs> like he, and then he, he, I mean, that guy was just literally tripping balls for the rest of his life, like and doing awful things. Anyway, good so times. That's our, <laughs> I guess that's our discussion of. Uh, well, we didn't address some of the contra- controversies. Oh yeah, I mean, I almost don't even want to now. But like, people complain a lot of. I don't know. Well, I think my biggest thing is a lot uh-huh. of people went into this movie thinking that it was a movie about the Sharon Tate murders. Yeah, the Tate I did. Murders. They, but they thought that's what all it was going to be about. Right, and a lot of people got really pissed off that it wasn't about that. Um, 
like well, at like, all. Did you really need that movie? Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I don't really want to see Quentin Tarantino's Tate murders. I that don't. Was what, I, I don't want to see anybody's Tate murders. Yeah, like, like I don't want to see the most it. ghastly, disgusting things that's ever happened. Ever, it's horrible. ever happened. Like, it's just like, and to think that it happened from all these like suburbanite like. Like why I don't like like I don't know like just like these people that you and I would would have grown up with you know what I mean yeah that got caught up in this crazy movement and then did this just insanely violent thing and so I like I don't understand people that were upset at the ending and then there's also like complaints that um, Sharon Tate doesn't talk enough in the movie. And I'm just kind of like, I don't know. To that, I say, I don't. I think that that's that is stupid. I don't know. It's very stupid, and that is coming from a place. It's not coming. That is not coming from a storytelling place. When people make that complaint, that's not coming from trying to write or tell a cohesive right. good story. Right. That is coming from purely a clickbait. Clickbait. Women didn't have enough lines in this movie, like, so. Which is maybe an argument. I mean, you could point it out. You could point out the argument that women don't have a huge role in this movie. But like, I don't know. Quentin Tarantino definitely writes good roles for women and yeah. acts like like so, really the, strong roles for women. The but, whole thing like, about the fact this movie. that one movie mm-hmm. doesn't have it, it's like who gives a shit? Like the thing about this movie, Bill, like. The first two acts of this movie and the entire involvement of Sharon Tate is to build dread. Yeah. Because people going into this movie know what happened to Sharon Tate. So you build Sharon Tate as an angelic figure. You sprinkle in a little bit of real life shit like her stuff with leaving J.C. Bring for Roman Polanski and then keeping J.C. You sprinkle in some real shit to remind you that she is still a real person. Who was the actor that like – Explain that, or like who uh, was that guy it playing? It was Steve, Steve McQueen. Yeah, Steve <laughs> <awesome>. McQueen. <laughs> so you build this angelic figure. You build this bait, this perfect baby face. Yeah. That oh my god, we have to watch this woman get yeah. fucking murdered. This yeah. is a Tarantino movie. It's going to be disgusting. We have to watch this wa- this girl, this little girl living her dream. We got to watch her get brutally fucking murdered. Yeah. That makes the payoff at the end that much better. It's called yeah. storytelling. You motherfuckers should take a f- class in film. <laughs> Ooh, and that's how I really feel. Don't at me, bro. Don't uh, at me, bro. That's my don't at me. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so we've addressed the controversies, I guess. Yeah. So is that our discussion about this movie? Go see it if you haven't. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think good conversation. Write in if you disagree with us. Write in if you do agree with us. Matt on MattPod at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, I don't right. know. Tell us what you think. Listen, I'll don't at you next week. Yep. Uh, moving moving along, something that I kind of want to talk about is uh, we got uh, D twenty three, the the Disney twenty three something, some of some convention called D twenty three that involves Disney has released a bunch of stuff about Star Wars. Um, oh yeah, uh, oh uh, Billy Red Balls coming oh, in Bill, hot. Oh oh Billy Skywalker's coming in hot on the Mandalorian, <laughs> uh, produced uh, by John Favreau. 
um, and some and some of it's written by him and directed by him and then other people as well. It's got one motherfucker of a cast and mm-hmm. an incredible trailer. Like, holy crap! What one thing I, I've heard John Favreau talk about this is that he he's just like, look, I like all Star Wars. I like everything. I like the prequels. I like. The new stuff, I like uh, the TV shows. I've always liked this stuff, and I'm super psyched to finally be involved. And, like, and John Favreau's an incredible like franchise maker and builder. Oh, yeah, he's a damn good director. Man. I mean, he, like, he did Elf and Iron Man and Chef. Like, he, like, he's, he's like, good. It's incredible. And he and, also was Rudy's best friend in Rudy. <laughs> and uh, that's funny. Never, and, hashtag never forget. Uh, they've poured a ton of money into this uh, into this series. Fifteen million dollars an episode, ten episodes. So it's about the cost of an uh, of an entire Star Wars movie to make, if not more so. And it, the trailer looks absolutely oh, incredible. Wait. The Mandalorian's a series. Yes. Oh, I thought this was a so a standalone movie coming. No, out. it's part of Disney Plus. Which is oh. going to be the new uh, sponsor us Disney free plugs here, baby. Uh, give us, give us a, give us a, you know, whatever they call it, a promo code. Um, uh, Hashtag I'm, put in Matt I'm on Matt. Get ten percent off. I'm definitely like getting Disney Plus after seeing this trailer. Yeah, uh, like this is the best got, decision they ever made to launch a new channel. Like, holy crap! They're also going to be releasing it uh, once a week as opposed to all at once. So that, like, <laughs> I think it's uh, so that people, because I, I have a feeling it's, like, going to be the first month is free, but the series is 10 episodes long, fucker. <laughs> With a hiatus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, you gotta, we, you've got to at least pay us for one month if you want to see the, see the entire um, uh, series. Um, so I, I'm super psyched about this. It looks incredible. Carl Weathers is in it. Werner Herzog is in it. Uh, Taika Waititi is playing uh, C, uh, some 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 droid, which I think is absolutely perfect. Um, who else is in it? Uh, Pedro Pascal. Yes, he's the main character, uh, and he's amazing. Uh, he's Ro- fu- yeah. He's, uh, and uh, what else? What was that one on Netflix? Um, I can't remember, but he's Narcos. also been on Broadway. Narcos. Like he's an actor's actor. Yeah, he's he's a he's the man. Uh, uh, Nick Nolte is in it. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the cast right now. That's going to be so badass. I think Werner Nick Herzog, the Nick force Nick. is chaos. The force does not care about you. The <laughs> force only exists at our mercy. We must beg it. No, he's uh, so it's about a bounty hunter going through the gal- uh, galaxy collecting bounties. Uh, and this takes place after Return of the Jedi, so the Empire has fallen, and the galaxy is uh, thrown into peril. And uh, well, not peril, but just there's no unifying force. Yeah, disarray. Uh, we'll it's, say it's disarray. Like there's new warlords popping up, and uh, there's just a ton of lawlessness. And it it's looks the part that people forget that there's that there's after a revolution. Right. Right. Like sometimes it's like, oh, the Empire is bad, but. You know, we have healthcare. Have you ever heard a song by Father John Misty, Things That Would Have Been Helpful to Know Before the Revolution? No. It's all about going back to the bottom of the food chain after overthrowing the government. 
That's funny. It's really a great song. You should check it out. He's it's yeah. Cheap. Um. So I think I think that this show just looks great. Everybody should go watch the trailer. It, it's got a real like gritty look to it. Like the first opening shot is a bunch stormtrooper of heads on pikes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I love that they kept the heads inside the helmets because that's such an that's the image to scare people. It's like, look, we kept their heads inside the helmets so that you know that they're stormtroopers, mm. and you know that we killed them in this horrible way. Um, it looks incredible. And then the, the last scene of like the last shot in it is like just rows of people frozen in carbonite. Yes, like Han Solo. Oh. Like, which is a brilliant. I mean, it's like, oh, so that's just how they have gotten every bounty ever in the Star Wars universe. That's just how they collect their bounties. How dope is that? It's amazing. It's so cool. What like I it's like, of course that's the way it is. You always like kind of thought that they were special, that they that Han Solo was the only person that experienced that. But no, it's like that's that's the industry. <laughs> oh, also, somebody I forgot to mention that's in this series. Somebody I'm a huge fan of is Giancarlo Jean, Giancarlo Esposito. Uh-huh. Who played, I know that name. That. He played uh, Gustavo Fring in Breaking Bad. Yes! That guy. That guy's a beast, dude. I cannot <sighs> wait to see what he does in this. He's got a weird little mustache. <laughs> God. <laughs> He's such a good actor. Oh, this cast is amazing. Like yeah. I'm so so in. So in. Um, and then they they release the final um, moving along because I, I mean that's basically it. Go go check out the trailer for the Mandalorian. I would recommend that you pick up Disney Plus. I would also recommend that Disney throw me a few bucks for saying that. Um, I agree. I'll take that money. Uh, uh, and they also release the last poster for the sequels trilogy. And um, I hate it. I think it looks fucking stupid. I think it looks like a Star Wars poster. I mean, I, you know, I no, love Star Wars. No, it, it doesn't. Just, I, I, it doesn't look like a Star Wars poster. It looks like a video game like cover. It looks like the Return of the Jedi poster. Does it? Yes. The Return okay. of the Jedi poster is Luke and Vader fighting. It's the oh. emperor in the background. It's the same. But oh, here's the it's, deal. It's a retread. Here's the deal. Why is the emperor in this movie? That I have no fucking idea. Like. I when I first saw that, I was like, this is going to be convoluted, to say the least. Wait a minute. Uh, something just popped up. What? Star Wars. The Rise of Skywalker footage reveals Dark Side Ray. What? Spoiler alert. Disney unveiled a sizzle reel of footage from the franchise finale of Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, at D23 Expo today, which ended with a shot of Rey apparently having turned to the dark side. And the very final shot depicted Rey in a Palpatine-style dark cloak, looking fierce and holding a red lightsaber, which then shot out a dual Darth, Darth Maul-style blade. I just got here's, a lot more interested in where this here's a quick rundown go. of what here's a quick rundown of what the footage showed. Twin sons, Luke looking out, old footage of Han, Leia, original trilogy recap footage. A thousand generations are in you now. Luke voiceover, but this is your fight. Footage from the Force Awakens and Last uh, Last Jedi. Already on screen, the story of a generation comes to an end. 
hundreds of star destroyers are all lined up against the dark sky. Ray throwing a lightsaber and calling it uh, back to her hand, Thor style. Ray and Poe fighting on a watery planet, really going at each other. Oh, Ray and Poe fighting each other. Mm. Um, now your journey's near its end. Palpatine voiceover, Darth Vader breathing. Ray with a red twin bladed lightsaber looking all creepy and dark side. We will update this story with more short. This is from, who's this from? IGN. Dude, Whoa. what if what if this trilogy no ends with the dark side winning? Yeah, here's what. Well, that's the way that the prequels won ended. Well, yeah, but that was the prequels. Yeah, you know, but this is supposed to be the conclusion of this saga. Here's here's what. After reading this, here's what I think. She's obviously a double agent. Well, yeah, like she's obviously or. Or take them down like, from the inside. Like she's like she's she's obviously a double agent. Leia's gonna be dead, so she's gonna have to like go over to the uh, uh, kind of make a deal with Ben uh, Ben Solo or you know Kylo Ren. I think what it's what's gonna happen is she's going to get carried away and start really fucking shit up, and Kylo Ren is going to have to Rain check her in, check her. And, yeah. the, and it will lead to his redemption and death and then her eventual redemption as well, possibly her death as well, because she's not going to she isn't signed for any more Star Wars movies. Yeah. Is I he? Mean, I, I mean, uh, no, he no, no, they're both done after this. Maybe they kill each other. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's like. a. But then again, Luke's uh, the thing and Mark Hamill wasn't signed on for a bunch of. For any Luke Skywalker, you know, but at the end of the first true. trilogy, but um, they may just still be working the contracts. But uh, and I mean, if I were her, I would demand a lot more money because she got they all got fucked except for Adam Driver because they were all nobodies before this. <laughs> yeah, not nobodies, but like, but you know, well, working, I, they were just like working actors before this, and now they're like, you know, Star Wars kind of has a history of ruining careers. So I hope the best for them. Um. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm excited. That really interests me. Darth yeah, that Maul's, really. Darth Maul. I mean, that's cool. What if she just like fucks shit up as a dark, dark sided? That'd be so rad. She just cut people in half. Yeah. Could you imagine that shit? <laughs> anyway, is that the podcast for the week? I, feel I like think we're that's it, man. Time. We're at 58 minutes. We're raining it in right in a good time. Let me awesome. tell you. Do uh, you have anything else? Anything well, happen in your huh? life? You have any any advice? Any any anything that anyone you want to call out? Any laundry to hang out and dry? Well, I just want to give a shout out to the Dallas Cowboys, who uh, absolutely, even though it was preseason, I understand, but they absolutely uh-huh. murdered the Houston Texans last night. Thirty. Hell yeah! Nothing. Hell yeah! Go Cowboys! Is Wearing Zeke, my Cowboys T-shirt. Is Zeke? Uh, on yet, or is he still being a bitch? Uh, no, they offered him fifty-seven million, but I don't think he signed yet. God, what the fuck is his problem? Anyway, um, we could go in depth into that, but that's a whole other episode. Next time, next time. Uh, what the so, fuck is up with Zeke? <laughs> uh, cool. So we're gonna have to record at some point this week because I'm going on vacation. Ooh, where are you going? Seattle and Canada. oh, I did. When? Where? Next week. Next weekend. Tell me about this. Let's hear about this. Uh, I'm just going with mom and dad. 
Um, we're gonna go check out Seattle and uh, some put some spots in Canada, kind of the British Columbia, Victoria. Uh, let, me, uh, let me look. Vancouver. I don't Dude, remember the exact, but it's gonna go to Vancouver, man. I think we are doing that. I you don't should remember. go to that part of Vancouver that they talked about on last podcast on the left. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Where all those prostitutes and crackheads are. So we're going to Victoria. Victoria, British Columbia. Yeah. Sounds good. It'll be fun. Sounds cool. We're gonna Seattle. Do a watch. I've always been interested to go to Seattle. It'll be cool. We're only going to be there for a couple of days. It's we got a jam-packed itinerary. My, it's um, it honestly kind of looks exhausting, but it'll it'll be great. Either way, I just burped. Sorry, everybody. Um, so that's the show for this week. Uh, we'll record one before I he- head out of town. Um, thanks for listening. Follow me at Twitterfield on Twitter, at Matters on Instagram. Email the podcast. What do you think about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? What do you think about Dark Side Ray? Uh, what do you think about um, uh, the Texas Theater? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we, <laughs> yeah, we wanna, you can- you can email you- us at mattonmattpod at gmail.com. And please do that. We'd love to engage with you guys uh, and kind of get get some listeners going because I know that I know that people listen to this. Yeah, and you can follow me on the social means at MattBeery06 on everything, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That's where you can find me. You can also find us on Twitter at mattonmattpod. Yes, that is correct. Uh, that is. I was not wrong. I thought That's... I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. Um, adios, fuckers. That's it. Adios.